Hello and welcome everyone. You are listening to the Clarkson Ignite podcast coming to you from the Innovation Hub. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm Annalise. Our mission is to shape this podcast to the Ignite slogan, which is Think, Make, Ignite. We hope to connect individuals across Clarkson's diverse community and give you, our listeners, interesting and unique content. Our hope is that you can walk away from our episodes learning something new and valuable, something that will truly inspire you. For this week's episode, we spoke with Dr. Susan Powers and Matt Hawthorne. Dr. Susan Powers is the Spence Professor of Sustainable Environment Systems, and she's the Director for the Institute for a Sustainable Environment at Clarkson. Um, Matt Hawthorne is a graduate student here at Clarkson. He's on an Ignite Fellowship. He studied engineering management at Clarkson for his undergrad, and he's currently working on his master's in environmental science and engineering. This week, we had them both on to talk about the Greenhouse Project, which is currently taking place at Clarkson. It was great to have both of them on, and we hope you enjoy the conversation as much as we did. All right, today we have Dr. Susan Powers and graduate student Matt Hawthorne with us to talk about the Greenhouse Project. Um, so let's just start by, why don't you guys tell us about how the Greenhouse Project started, how the idea for it came up, um, just a general overview of the beginning of the project. Well, I'll start with that, and that was before Matt got involved. <laughs> uh, in about 2008 was the first time we envisioned having a greenhouse on campus, and that was um, for a particular growing technology that we were trying to test. And we got funding from that from the EPA through their P3 uh, student competition, and the students brought home $75,000 to build the original greenhouse. That lasted about 10 years, but there were all sorts of issues with both the structure itself was not weathering well, and we had come to the conclusion that the growing technology that was used inside the greenhouse was not very resilient. Mm. It was pretty neat, it was really high tech, but because it was so high tech, it did not weather well with any um, power outages or pump failures, and it resulted in a lot of crop loss. And so a greenhouse needs to be really resilient in terms of taking care of plants. And so we decided a couple years ago um, that either we needed to get rid of it or rebuild it and it was the winning design um, in the 2018 sustainability fund competition which is a campus-wide vote on what do we spend $25,000 on and so that you know gave us okay we've got at least a good start of the money that we need to deconstruct the old greenhouse and we did that in a way that we could recoup and recover some of the materials to use again and start to rebuild Um, and we've had three years of capstone design class students involved in the redesign of the new greenhouse and it's intended to be uh, now a facility the first Mm -hmm. one the greenhouse is just like a structure to enable us testing this aeroponic technology but now we decide what we really need is a facility that enables different groups to use the greenhouse so it's a very different specifications and purpose Awesome. That's actually really interesting. It's nice that students actually like voted for this project so you guys could get the money. But um, So Matt, you were part of the, one of the senior design classes back in 2019? 2019, yeah, spring 2019. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what being in that class is like, what you guys did, um, anything like that. Sure. So that semester I think was pretty unique in that we were tasked as a class to go from a pretty 
high-level conceptual design uh, with just a few specifications to trying to have an operational plan to not only deconstruct the previous greenhouse, but then build this new design that we had um, to come up with. And so uh, the class was pretty sizable. I think we had somewhere around 16 or so students um, and we were able to break into subgroups with specialties um, which i think was really crucial uh, from a learning and educational perspective because yes you were really uh, kind of dove into one specific system within mm -hmm. uh, the larger project but uh, as sue emphasized in the class um, you know, you had to really talk with everyone else and all the other systems that were um, being designed at the same time in order to make sure that everything talked with one another and uh, really worked well when you went to go build it. Uh, and so that was probably the biggest takeaway from the class uh, and something that definitely uh, shows when you can do it well. Mm -hmm. Um, so, Dr. Powers, can you just tell us a little bit more about like what the classes have been like for you, how you've been able to structure them, what's looked different over the last three years? You know, it's, uh, I've learned a lot about engineering design. I've been <laughs> teaching engineering design for decades. Uh, but going through a whole project like this really gives you a different sense of the whole. You know, oftentimes our uh, capstone design classes are just a feasibility study. You know, you come up with some idea and you get to the point where you say, well, you know, this could be built or maybe share some options. But in this case, that's where we started. Mm -hmm. uh, but since then, in all of the years, so Matt's year was the first year that we ended up with a, a concrete proposal for this is what the greenhouse is going to look like. There have been so many details since then <laughs> that we have gone back and maybe redone some of the engineering work. Gotcha. Right? These are student, student uh, calculations and so often it ends up being that we spend two semesters <laughs> doing things like estimating the heat that's required to keep the greenhouse warm on a minus 20 degree night in January. Uh, and so it's and so I think the students also appreciate that almost all, at least from the engineering perspective, all students often end up in the middle of a project, right? You don't come in at the initiation and go all the way through production. Mm -hmm. you, you end up somewhere in the middle. You have to figure out where am I and what are the next steps? And so as we've progressed, you still do all the steps of engineering design. You gotta understand your problem and your specifications, but now they're really detailed specifications, right? It's like, what size conduit do we need, right? Not, you know, where are we gonna put a heater? And so, but it's still engineering design. You still go through the same process of engineering design. It's just for a more finalized product. And there's no question that the, the Engineering design classes will not stop once the construction is done. Uh, we have a lot of opportunity to learn from the greenhouse and figure out how to do it better as we go. Uh, for example, a lot of solar radiation comes in in the summer, it gets really hot. Mm -hmm. I suspect we need some sort of shades. Well, we don't need that from day one operations, but it's something that we can be testing and understanding and doing analysis over the next couple of years to figure out how do we improve? How do we uh, keep making it work better? 
That's really cool. I like that it's sort of an ongoing project while you're being like while it's being built, and you guys. I'm assuming you're finding different things as you're building it. That you're like, maybe this won't work. Like, let's bring it back to the class and like update D- it. Things well, and, continue to evolve. Yeah. yeah, and and to that point, I think you know, selfishly, I've been very lucky to be with the project for going on three semesters, almost four semesters now. Uh, because it's really allowed me to see, you know, what the impacts of a student decision, design decision is, you know, when they pick it up halfway through and drop it off before it's done. You know, you can really understand how those decisions evolve over time and uh, appreciate the impact of early decisions later on in the process. And I think that that's been really impactful for me and something that, you know, for the couple of greenhouse interns that we have, you know, when they're learning about the construction process and what goes on there, really try to help them understand where what we're doing now originated from in the design process. So that's been really cool for me to see because before this, I've always been on the design side and only working on that. So having the hands-on experience to go along with it has been really, really interesting for me. I'd say it's been an eye-opening experience for students to pick up prior reports and Excel spreadsheets or MATLAB code that some other students wrote but did not adequately document or explain, (laughs) Uh, they get a better sense of the importance of communication when you have to use something. It's not just like you write it and it's done. Mm -hmm. Somebody needs to use that. And I think it's been uh, that they've learned a lot about doing better with their communication side, too, because they've experienced the hardship of trying to understand what other students did. Yeah, they can't just jot down notes and hope that someone can read them. <laughs> yeah. Units, yeah. yeah. Uh, units. All those things that right, oh, you're those supposed units. to use become critically yeah. important yeah. in this case. So going back to the, to the design process, how did you guys know that it was ready to be built? Oh, we... T- <laughs> uh, at the end of the spring semester, uh, so a year and a half ago, you know, we had this conceptual design, but it included like drawings, right? Drawings with stud spacing and amount of materials and stuff like that. So we're ready, right? <laughs> well, boy, did we learn a lot yeah. from that. Uh, there is a huge step uh, between there and actually, you know, the carpentry side of things. And I think Matt and another student, Alex, were in the midst of that. Uh, it's uh, it was eye-opening to me you know this is part of a learning process for all of us and that's something that I really value uh, we probably were totally not ready we should have spent uh, another semester it, doing that uh, but we had the funding uh, we had some student workers um, we needed to get rid of the old greenhouse, uh, but but yeah, we weren't ready. And so there was a lot of on-the-spot decision-making. We had some really good help from Eric Bacchus and Mike Tremper to, you know, fill in some of those gaps. There was a lot of, a lot of the decision, uh, I think maybe it was internal pressure because we wanted to start it because we had the funding, but a lot of it was also, you know, we were trying to 
improve efficiencies by running concurrently with the CHIELD project. So back when we started this in the spring, that was also the first semester that the CHIELD project began, um, was right after graduation in spring, they moved in and started doing things. And we needed to run new heating lines to the greenhouse and they were running a trench anyways for their water line. So there was a lot of things where if we had waited a year, we would have basically had to go over everything that they were doing anyways, and it would have cost a lot more money. And uh, through the help of uh, the university engineer, Mike Tremper, we were able to understand kind of how we could fit in with the CHIEL project and, um, you know, solve two problems uh, at the same time and, and make sure that we weren't digging up grass twice uh, and that we were working together to try and figure out how to make it work. Uh, so that was, I think, a big part of it when I'm thinking back to it. That definitely helped. Um, and also, I think from a student's perspective, we thought we were ready. And I think that goes to what Sue was saying is it really was like, yeah, we got drawings. We, you know, we have dimensions. I think we can make this work. Uh, and it wasn't until, you know, we actually got to building things and realizing that, you know, it wasn't checked up twice and uh, certain things weren't matching up where we had to then take a, take a second and uh, look at it again. and kind of almost do a second design uh, to make things happen. But um, that's where I go back to my previous point where you know you really start to understand the implications of decisions made early on uh, later down the line. Um, I was just going to say, and the errors that student make by, you know, it was always sold as a 20 foot by 30 foot greenhouse. Well, the foundation <laughs> was not quite 20 foot by 30 foot. And the first walls that were built were, were built small. to the 20 foot to 30 foot specifications without anybody going to actually measure. Yes. Mm. And so that was a, uh, a learning experience, right? This, this yeah. is an educational experience. It's not been perfect, but it certainly has engaged us all in lots of learning opportunities. Awesome. Yeah, so, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Matt, could you just tell us a little more about um, your involvement with the greenhouse and like what your role is, how you got into that role? Um, just, you know, even going back and forth, we know you're working on the greenhouse, but just so the listeners can kind of understand better. Sure. So, uh, well, I, as I said, I was in the senior design capstone in spring 2019. I had uh, decided to enroll in graduate school here at Clarkson for fall 2019 uh, and I already had an apartment for the summer. I was hoping to, you know, work on my startup company a little bit, but that obviously doesn't pay the bills. Uh, and I really, you know, I, I'm not someone who likes to just drop off something halfway done and not see it through. Uh, it's just not who I am as a person. And so when there was an opportunity to um, you know, manage a project like this and see the work that I've done all the way through to the end. Uh, it was intriguing to me because, um, you know, I knew that the project was going to get done anyways. And as being part of that class that had that design, I had more knowledge about it than anyone else that they might have found. And I just felt like it was a it was a good way for me to test my skill set, learn a lot of new things. Um, and make it possible for me to stay in the North Country through the summer. Uh, and so all of those things kind of came together and it worked out and I'm glad that it did because it's been, you know, while the project has taken longer than expected, um, it's been great all the way through. Awesome. Um, so can you guys tell us a little bit about like the details of this greenhouse, how it's different than the last one that was built um, and like 
how the new design is like going to make it stand out more from the last one. Uh, yeah, so b both greenhouses were really designed as what we call cold climate greenhouses. Okay. And so that's something that are viable year-round in a cold climate, obviously. Um, and a lot of greenhouses that are fully translucent, so you can like glass all the way around, they lose so much heat that it's mm -hmm. really not feasible to keep them at the temperatures you want in the winter, at least not in a sustainable way. So a cold climate greenhouse has well-insulated walls on the non-sunny sides. Um, and so both greenhouses had translucent, or what we call um, the, you know, the translucent sides, the, the window sides on the south. This one has been an improvement because also half of the roof, the southern half of the roof, is also translucent. And so we get more sun into the greenhouse. The old one was just a big box. And so by having a solid roof, we were shading a lot of the greenhouse and it really limited the light that got into it. Mm. So that's a big difference, but we still have well insulated walls on the north and the north roof. Uh, the first greenhouse also was built to do experiments with this aeroponic growing system. And so it had three small rooms and a, like a workspace in the back so that we could do experiments. And so it was designed for this like really one purpose. And what we realized after that purpose was done, it wasn't flexible enough to do anything else with it. Mm -hmm. So the new greenhouse is just a total open floor plan except for the mud room. There is a door between a sort of a mud and sort of temperature barrier between the outside and the inside of the greenhouse as you enter, but it's just a big open space. Um, and so depending upon what user wants to come in and do something in the greenhouse, we have room to move things around and it will be much more flexible and it's designed more for uh, flexible uses rather than one particular use. So that's, they're both cold climate greenhouses and this one also is better constructed, mm -hmm. right? The other one was intended not for as long term, but we've done a better job with making this one uh, will weather the, the elements and winter better than the old one did. Mm -hmm. And the one that's thing awesome. I want to emphasize, I think with this new one, you know, people who know that I'm attached to the greenhouse always ask me the question like why does it look like that it doesn't look like any greenhouse i've seen before and that goes back to what sue said at the beginning about it being a cold climate greenhouse you know i i had never seen a greenhouse built like this before either uh but you know the the main thing that was emphasized in the um the design class was you know this is meant for cold climates it needs to be uh, purposeful for the climate that we're in. Uh, and so, you know, when a lot of people are confused about the greenhouse, I want them to know that, yes, that, that is what it's for. It is going <laughs> to make uh, plants grow and it's going to do it better than, you know, the traditional greenhouses that you see, uh, you know, maybe more south. I had just uh, one experience in the class uh, when Matt, Matt was taking the class. Um, so we're aiming for to use uh, solar energy to the extent we can, right? So mm -hmm. we maximize that. But that's still, we have to have a heating system, a backup heating system, because we might have several days in no sun, and certainly the coldest time of the day is during the middle of the night when there's no sun. And so when we were working on the backup energy system, uh, we finally made a decision to tie into the hot water from Chile. And so this comes from a natural gas boiler. 
And I was just like devastated that we were going to have to use natural gas because this is supposed <laughs> to be a sustainability project. And the students made me realize, I don't remember who it was, but one student said, you know, but resilience is a really important part of sustainability. I think that was Charlie. That's okay. That's what I was remembering. Charlie yep. Maitland. It, he was a, a great student. Um, and and that, yes, you need natural gas, but it's going to make the system resilient. Mm. And that, you know, when you think about all the different elements of sustainability, and that's what sustainability is. It's all about these trade-offs, right? How, how do you... It's not going to be perfect, but, but how do you do the trade-offs? And so I instantly got it. I said, fine, we'll go with natural <laughs> gas for our backup heating. Uh, but I, you know, it, was, it took a student to make me realize that that trade-off was really an important trade-off. And that was one of our initial specifications, that this be resilient. Mm -hmm. And therefore, this was the only solution to make it resilient. Well, that's awesome. It's always nice to hear stories of like <laughs> professors learning with students and students <laughs> learning with the professors. It's really cool. Well, that really was a, a truly pivotal part in the whole the whole class that semester because once we decided that we were going to go with you know backup energy and have a heater in there, it allowed us to really think more openly about you know, every other system that we were going to work on in there uh, and how everything was going to play together. Uh, because we decided that we were going to get hot water from Chiel, it made the decision to get um, regular water from Chiel for the plants and stuff, it made that decision a little bit easier because we were already digging the trench, we were already going to be over there. Uh, so, you know, that's where kind of a cascading list of decisions uh, were made and it really was a big part of why we have the greenhouse that we're going to have now. Mm -hmm. So how long do you think this greenhouse, what is your hope for how long this greenhouse will last? The specification said 15 years uh, mm -hmm. in the one we were <laughs> designing it. But I do think that, you know, so long as it's taken care of and maintained, uh, the structure will last much longer than that. And I think, you know, because there's going to be so many iterations between now and then, uh, it's it's definitely feasible to see that thing stand for, you know, 20, 30 years for sure. That's awesome. Yeah, I agree. The structure is far superior mm -hmm. and a lot more work went into the decisions. Um, first go around on the greenhouse, we were sort of in a similar boat of, uh, uh, not uh, being impatient, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. in the design process and uh, not really putting enough options on the table and really working through them. And so actually that's been good with the sort of slowdown on the construction process. It has forced us and, in, and well, I should say enabled us to put more options on the table for some of the systems and think that them through uh, a little bit better than if we had been impatient and just gone ahead. Awesome. Do you guys see any new additions coming to the greenhouse as time goes on? As far as like exterior, you know, yeah, I, I lines think, like you mentioned before. Yeah, the, so a couple of things. Um, the original design had a B window, which is right to the left of the mudroom. Uh, we have yet to have somebody to actually design that B window. So hopefully that will be an addition. Uh, I do think, I, I don't think any like exterior like building additions, but I think the additions will come more on the interior. It will take us, you know, a while to build the growing systems and figure out what growing systems work. And so I think on the use of the greenhouse, there will be lots of opportunities for that. One thing that was talked about 
in the spring 2019 group that was tabled for a while was uh, a water collection system for the roof. Uh, And there there is some feasibility for that. There is uh, a decent amount of surface area on that roof to collect uh, water at least for, you know, a few months out of the year. I I don't think it'll be enough at any point, but uh, it could get us close. Uh, So that that's something that may or may not get looked at in the future. Awesome. I think like hearing about this greenhouse project is really cool because when you think of a greenhouse, you're like, oh, yeah, it's just like a little warm room where they like grow some plants. But it's nice to hear that there's so many different aspects to this. You guys are thinking of like a bee window and like water collection and like reusing materials. Like all of that is really cool to me that and also the fact that a group of students came together to like help build this. And it was like over time. Um, That's just really awesome. So... I think that's all I had for questions. Sam, do you have any other questions you'd like to ask? Um, I don't right now. <laughs> oh, I do have one more. Uh, when do you think the construction is going to be done? So that's kind of a tough question. You know, when we're working with students who obviously have full schedules, um, things can sometimes get delayed. We, we've been moving along pretty well, and I would like to give Army ROTC a lot of credit. They have been extremely helpful with volunteering. They did so last semester in the spring uh, and before we got shut down for COVID, uh, and they've, they've already helped us this semester and continue to do so. So with their help, uh, if we can continue to get volunteers, and I'll emphasize this to anyone, if anyone wants to volunteer for the greenhouse, as long as they're approved to be on campus, uh, now that we're in stage two, it allows us some flexibility. Um, you know, it's really going to come down to how many volunteers we have and what we have for labor. But mm-hmm. the goal is that we can have a, uh, a greenhouse that can begin operations for spring semester. That's That's been my goal since the summer. And right now we are on track to make that happen so long as we keep moving forward. Awesome. And I would say, so this is back to the, you know, the student educational experience and the actual construction experience. I had my, my senior capstone design class this morning and uh, they were presenting their proposals of what they would do this semester and their timelines <clears throat> at the end. And I said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> and now they're saying, oh, their design of the electrical system would be done you know, on the last day of the semester. I said, no, you know, we're going to have to have some of those decisions made earlier. And so now it's time to you know, work with the construction crew to make sure that the design team is not holding up the construction. Mm-hmm and to to figure out the sort of critical decisions that are needed earlier. Maybe the the whole thing isn't gonna be done, their design this semester. but but I I sort of said, okay, it's it's time to think a little bit more about the the um, in some cases, you know, engineering design, you gotta make decisions before you really want to make decisions, <laughs> right? The the just in time decisions and to to not hold up something like construction. Yeah. I had one other point I'd like to make, and that's the users of the greenhouse, right? Yeah. What's going to happen with this greenhouse when all the construction is done? We have a lot of really enthusiastic uh, student groups. So uh, the Garden Club, who also has the vegetable garden right mm-hmm. beside the greenhouse, uh, expect to both grow like seedlings to put in the garden, but also maybe grow lettuce year-round, right? Awesome. And to, to have some vegetable crops, whether for their 
own consumption or to uh, share with others throughout the village. Um, so the Garden Club is really excited. Engineers for International Sustainability has done some aquaponics uh, experiments and um, efforts in the past. So that's like having a fish tank mm -hmm. and the, the dirty water in the fish tank, rather than just going through a filter, it gets used as fertilizer for plants and then the clean water goes back. Um, so they're interested in using it. And then there are a couple of professors in the biology department who actually do experiments with plants. And their actual experiments might happen in their labs. Mm -hmm. But if they can have a staging area and grow plants and you know get them ready in the greenhouse, and then they don't have to buy plants, right? So that they'll be able to uh, get them going. And perhaps also, you know, a botany class, they can actually do, they could do some experiments in That's the greenhouse. Awesome. So it's intended to have uh, uh, multiple users. We still have to work on sort of the user cohabitation sort of um, arrangements to make sure that everybody gets to use it in a way that doesn't interfere with other people's needs. Mm -hmm. So that'll be an interesting lesson. And I think a lot of the, the projects that I do are trying to get diverse people to work together so it's not a tragedy of the common sort of thing that we're uh, making the most of the resource collectively mm -hmm. uh, in a, a good way rather than, you know, competing for space or nobody taking care of it and it falls <laughs> apart. You know, so those yeah. are sorts of things that we, so there's, that, that's going to be part of the moving forward too is the operations and, and maintenance and management of the users moving forward. That's awesome. I like that it's multi-use. A lot of people get to use it. It's a whole Clarkson community because right. well, that was the main downfall of the first one and you know m my hope for the the greenhouse is that you know with the old greenhouse <laughs> i remember on my uh on my campus tour a long time ago now before i came here the tour guide i believe said something like uh this is the anaerobic digester <laughs> And, and pointed to the greenhouse instead of the anaerobic digester behind it. Uh, and so my hope with this greenhouse is even though it doesn't look like a, green, like a traditional greenhouse in that it's all translucent, uh, or it's not all translucent, my hope is that everyone knows that that's the greenhouse and everyone knows that there are opportunities to get involved uh, with it if they so choose. Uh, you know, the, that would be really awesome to see uh, is have it opened up as a university resource and, and be used as it's intended. Awesome. Maybe it's just a couple of rattan chairs sitting in the back. You know, <laughs> you sit there and eat your lunch in the 75 degree winter. You know, surrounded by plants. Surrounded by plants in the middle of the winter. That actually sounds quite lovely. Yeah. <laughs> it does, yeah. Um, well, I do have to say that I've walked by the greenhouse on many occasions throughout it being built, and I think it looks really good. I'm really impressed with the progress you guys have made with it, and I'm excited to see what you guys continue to do with it. Thank you. And I would also like to thank, uh, so the university did come through. Uh, mm -hmm. We spent our initial $25,000, and so we were going to, with that amount of money, make some decisions on the aesthetics and the structure, and the university came through and said, nope, we're going to do this right. Yeah. And they helped us do it awesome. right. So that, that was um uh, I really appreciate that support that we got um, t to do it right, right? Because yeah. that's what we want to teach our yeah. students, is not how to cut corners, yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh, exactly. but about how to do it right. Well, and it's the typical Clarkson teamwork that yes. you always get when you come here. Exactly. Everyone's working together, making sure the projects get done. Yeah, awesome. and new ideas come out of everything, so that's yeah. very important. 
All right. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to add? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, thank you guys very much. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. I'm Sam. And I'm Annalise. We'll catch you next time.